1: Are you ready for some chaos, baby? <laughs> it's twin season.
2: I'm always ready. I'm always ready for chaos. It's my favorite time of year. Gemini is just a pre- Gem- Gemini season is just the precursor to to Leo season. We have to all just grin and bear Cancer season Cancer-y. for a little bit in the middle. <laughs> yeah. But then again, I feel like Cancers are grinning and bearing their entire lives, so. Yeah,
1: and then their season comes and they're like, finally, <laughs> just a month of peace.
2: <laughs> One month of peace for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Welcome back to Paranormal, everybody. It's your favorite spooky duo. It's a non-investigative podcast, but it's still true scary stories.
2: It sure is. <laughs> and uh, I'm your host, Nicolina.
1: And I'm Marie.
2: Yeah, and we're here with uh, um, two famous hauntings.
1: Mine's not a haunting.
2: Oh well, it's two... a
1: surprise though.
2: It, both of them are surprises, <laughs> I think. They are. So mine is a haunting, mm-hmm. but uh, and I'm gonna go first. So you're just, I guess, everyone's just gonna have to you wait till later in the w- episode, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to figure yeah. out what yours is. Um, <laughs> but first, let's do some horoscopes. Sure. Okay. Um, I guess I'll go first. (laughs) (laughs) Your wacky personality will be appreciated today, Gemini, but don't take it too far. Leave room for seriousness to enter the picture. There's a dreamy, cloudy sensation to the day that might make it difficult for you to concentrate on any one thing. If you pretend to know the answer when you don't, you'll only confuse people. You'll only confuse the people who rely on your knowledge or authority.
1: Respect that everyone wants answers these days. This one really is hitting the nail on the head for me oh, today, I gotta okay. say. So, wacky personality will be appreciated, don't take it too far. I mean, I haven't been too wild and crazy today, I gotta say. I just no, hung out, you've been tame? Yeah, I just hung out with Raleigh and my mom... Uh, at my mom's house, we just sat poolside all day and just were relaxing. Yeah. But. Um, I don't know where my invite when was, but. Well, it's Monday. You were working. <laughs> and.
0: You're right. I, I don't see
1: a problem. I should have invited you. I'm getting. I apologize. I'm <laughs> um, so where it says it's difficult for you to concentrate on any one thing today. Absolutely. Yes. I was saying to my mom. Like, I don't know what it is, but I just feel like so unproductive and like I just I feel like I need to do like a million things at once. But I'm sitting by the pool and uh, just couldn't concentrate on anything to do to do what I needed to do anyways. Yeah. Um, So that was anxiety inducing. And then this part where it says if you pretend to know the answer when you don't, you'll only confuse the people who rely on your knowledge or authority so this was very interesting because today I posted on my Instagram stories about um how Doug Ford's government has mm-hmm. cut a bunch of uh tests from our OHIP. So for people who are in America or don't know what this what I'm talking about, OHIP is our provincial health coverage. So it's free healthcare in Canada for the most part. Um, most everything is covered and there are a bunch of tests like blood tests and things like that, that are no longer covered by our government because the conservative government wants to start privatizing healthcare and they are the ones in power right now. And hopefully until June 2nd, when there's an election, don't know if they're going to win or lose. But anyways, um, now I had posted this information on my stories because there's a section for prenatal testing, um, which is a nipT test, which is tests basically tests for like anomalies, any syndromes and things for your baby. And it said that there are new charges. Uh, basically, we were never charged for these tests before. And now we are being charged between $500 and 800 for these tests. That's fucking insane. Now, somebody had actually messaged me who shares a lot of the same political beliefs as I do. So mm-hmm. I knew it wasn't coming from like a place of of, I don't know, like... Bias. Yeah, Bias. they weren't like yeah. pissed at me or anything. But they were just saying like hey, I'm pretty sure that we always had to pay for those tests. So like, I'm not sure why it says that we need to pay for them now. Okay. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I didn't pay for mine. Like right. I didn't pay for mine. And she wrote back and was like, I think you're thinking of this other test, which is very similar, but not this specific test. This specific test is if there's any anomalies that were shown in This other test that I am thinking of, Mm -hmm. these are the tests you have to go get. Okay. If there's an anomaly, you don't have to pay for it. If Uh, there isn't, you do. So basically what we've discovered- So you're electing
2: to take a further
1: test to test yourself for- Sure. If you want to elect, if electively take it. However, now it's no longer free for those women who do have an anomaly in their test. Okay, now so there is women, a charge. There is a charge not to every pregnant woman, but mm-hmm. for for the women whose doctor says, "Hey, there was an anomaly in your test. You need to go get a NIPT test done."
3: Mm-hmm. You now
1: have to shell out between $5 and $800 to do that. That's the government no disgusting. longer pays that for you. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that was that was something that I need to fix on my stories when we're done here, but Interesting. That is very on point for your So. Everything was on point. Sorry, just wanted to really get into <laughs> how everything circle was circle back right. on that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's go to yours. Okay. It may be hard to find answers today, Leo. It may also be hard for you to get your point across, especially since everyone's head is in the clouds. Don't be surprised if your own head takes a trip up there as well. You're better off giving it a boost up there instead of trying to force yourself back down to reality. Check things out from a different perspective. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, I, I would say it has been hard to get answers today. Mm-hmm. I also feel like it's Memorial Day, and a lot of the people that I'm waiting on answers from are in the U.S., mm-hmm. and and that's on, like, current work. Like, every piece of thing that I'm working on is I'm waiting on people from the U.S. to respond to me. So, yes. um. In terms of me with my head in the clouds, I mean, I decided to work on something a little bit more creative instead of like being anxious about the fact that I don't have answers to the things I need answers to. Sure. Um, so I guess I did, but it real—I don't know. I don't think my head was in the clouds, but um, I took like a afternoon nap, like a nice. evening, like a mid-evening nap because I didn't feel well. So.
1: I'm sorry that know. it wasn't a poolside nap next time. Yeah, that would be
2: To my Grace. All good. I'm too white still to go out. <laughs> yeah, I got,
1: I've got nice cocoa glow going on. <laughs> That's lovely.
2: I've been outside, but it doesn't really seem to hit yeah. me as hard. You know what? It, it like gets parts of me, but mm-hmm. m- m- I haven't shown like my stomach or back or anything. And mm-hmm. that is just, it's not pretty right now. <laughs> that is just. <laughs> Mm-mm. Nope.
1: Mm-mm. Um, All right. Before we get into the stories, I actually did want to quickly mention something that I've been meaning to mention on the podcast for a while now and mm-hmm. haven't, and I feel kind of bad. So mm-hmm. people who listen to our podcast that f- were following me on my personal Instagram account, you may have noticed that you're no longer following my personal Instagram account. <laughs> and <laughs> Um, That's because after I had my baby, I decided that I just wanted to keep that private. Private. I just wanted to have a private Instagram account with only people who I consider my friends uh, following me. And uh, I just want Raleigh to have privacy in his life and be able to, you know, not have Strangers looking at his baby. No offense, not that, not that like you, you guys are strangers, but like you're a stranger to him. So like, to yeah. not have strangers looking at his baby pictures or anything like that. Um, so I removed, I removed like 1,100 people from my followers and then closed my account. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's private. So not that I don't love you guys, just just looking for some privacy for my son, and that's all.
2: <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, I think that's uh, yeah. Important for yeah. you to do for your own personal boundaries, boundaries, and and hmm. just yeah, for many reasons because the internet's a weird place sometimes.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird um, because. I'm sure, you know, when you like go to apply for a new job, I always Google myself to see what they're going to see. Mm -hmm. And there are still photos that I'm like, oh, my God, I was like 15 years old. Can this go away?
2: Like there's MySpace photos that I'm like, yeah, this not be here anymore. There's like a model mayhem account for me. And I'm just like, (laughs) can someone please shut this down? (laughs) Like they're not they're not any revealing photos like they're beth smith photos yeah, from yeah. me, like oh, sitting, standing in front of like a door but <laughs> it I've really it's not days. it's not something it's not my identity anymore
1: i know get out of here i don't wear my studded belt backwards anymore <laughs> yeah for real for real. anyway
2: anyway okay well okay. time for the first story of mm-hmm. uh the day mine is the whaley house in, Ooh. S- in san diego have you heard of it
1: i've heard of it but we've never okay. covered it i'm super Perfect.
2: excited okay so the whaley house in san diego is likely one of the biggest haunted attractions in all of san diego and it's infamous around the world as one of the most haunted places in america you may have also heard or seen the horror movie the haunting of whaley house which was released in 2012 I haven't seen it. I don't know if I've even heard of it. I don't know how popular it was. It sounds, it rings a bell, but I don't remember it. Um, but apparently, the the movie itself is by no means uh, like really what the house is about, and doesn't set the tone for what the what what the house represents. Um, but even hardened government skeptics apparently cannot refute the evidence that this home in San Diego's. Old Town Neighborhood Harbors Spirits. In the 1960s, the U.S. Commerce Department classified the Whaley House as haunted. Um, So that's pretty cool. Like, the government's like, yeah, that shit's haunted. Uh, The Travel Channel has also dubbed it America's Most Supernatural Home. Its earliest ghost was called Yankee, um, who was Jim Robinson, and he was hanged on the site in 1852. We'll get into that later. But before that, uh, just some notes about the house. When James Whaley built the house, which in the mid-19th century served as a granary, courthouse, and general store. So like three different things. Um, In 1857, he claimed to hear Robinson padding loudly through the halls. Um, so anyway, we'll get, we'll get to that later. Whaley and his wife are also said to inhabit the house, announcing their presence with cigar smoke and perfume. Visitors have also reported sightings of a startlingly lifelike young girl in a long dress lounging in the dining room. Mm. So I got my information and story from SanDiegoExplorer.com by Hedge uh, Metreon, and san diego tribune uh by uh, a story by diane bell and then also just a little article from time magazine online which didn't have like an author it was like a collection of of haunted places so hedge reported his kind of um he lives in san diego and he would go there as a child so as a kid hedge would go on field trips to the old town and more often than not he'd go on the ghost tour He didn't used to be a believer in ghosts until he went on the Whaley house ghost tour. He said, I remember feeling as if someone was following me when I was at the very back of the group. As we walked through the dining room, I saw her, a little girl around my age, looking at me. We made eye contact for what felt like ages, but could have been only a couple couple minutes long. I believed in the supernatural ever since. So, let's talk a little bit about the Whaley House. The house has turned into a museum located in Old Town, San Diego. Uh, It is a perfect example of mid-19th century Greek revival. It's a gorgeous house with a red brick facade, green window panes, and white detailing. The house has been a formal historic house museum and opened to the public on May 25th, 1960. San Diego County owns it, but it is operated and managed by the SOHO, Save Our Heritage organization. They have been restoring the house to its former historic glory for accuracy. And Thomas Whaley was very proud of his handiwork and boasted of its convenience to the town when he was building it, and rightfully so. The Whaley house was the most convenient house of the time. There was a courtroom inside where many were convicted of crimes. Copies of the case records can be seen at the house. In another room, there was a general store, where patrons would purchase anything from tobacco to shavers. And upstairs, amongst the bedrooms, there was a theater. Each room has been restored to its former glory so visitors can soak in the history. Daytime tours are offered and tickets can be purchased at the museum shop next to the actual house. Unlike a lot of tours in San Diego, this one is self-guided and super inexpensive. So during your tour, you will get a pamphlet uh, with the history and the details of each room on the tour, and, uh, but beware because you may feel the presence of a specter. So let's explore the specters you may encounter. There is a reason why the Whaley House has been dubbed one of the most haunted places in America. Visitors report seeing orbs and apparitions all over the house during both the day and night tours there are quite a few ghosts that are rumored to to show themselves. So first, Yankee Jim Robinson. James Robinson was originally from Australia and a bandit who stole horses. He found gold in 1849, a few miles from Forest Hill. He formulated a plan to hide the discovery from miners and camps that ultimately failed. In fact, because of how many came flocking, a town was created. So, like, they literally found him and they created a town. Um, Jim stayed in town until a fire broke out in 1852, destroying the town. The papers reported three different fires started simultaneously, then grew into one huge destructive fire. The townspeople suspected arson. While they didn't point fingers at Jim, the miners did discover his thieving ways. He was forced out of town under the threat of hanging. He ended up in San Diego in late 1852, And his kleptomania did not stop, and he was arrested for stealing a boat.
1: Come on, man.
2: (laughs) He ended up being convicted of grand larceny and sentenced to death by hanging on the grounds of the Whaley House. His hanging wasn't exactly normal because James was a lanky guy. He was very tall and slender, so when they pulled the wagon from underneath him, he swung like a pendulum while slowly choking to death. Usually a person's Uh, neck breaks, and they die under their own weight. Yeah. Jim was reportedly hanging for an unusually long time before he died.
1: That's really, really shitty.
2: Yeah. Due to his torturous death, Yankee Jim still walks amongst the living in the unseen world. Visitors have captured pictures of a lanky man with Jim's description. Mrs. Whaley was even plagued by his presence during her time in the house. Thomas Whaley himself reported mysterious footfalls around the house that he, could con- that he concluded was Yankee Jim. So, Thomas Whaley Jr. Many believe that the land has always been cursed, doomed hold spirits for eternity. Yankee Jim was simply the first to suffer from that curse. The second was the Whaley's first son, Thomas Whaley Jr. After moving into the finished house, their first son was stricken with scarlet fever and died at 18 months. The tragedy did not end there. A few months after the baby's death, there was a fire inside the house that destroyed the general store, so Thomas Whaley decided to move the family to San Francisco. They didn't return until a few years after in 1868 with both both Mr. and Mrs. Whaley and their five children. Some visitors can hear the sound of a baby crying softly, little footfalls, and his innocent giggle when nobody else is around. Anna Eloise Whaley Mrs. Anna Whaley is the most common spirit in the house. People can smell her potent French perfume or see her in the parlor. Mrs. Whaley grieved of attracting the spirits in the house a lot. Perhaps it's fitting that in the afterlife she provides a comforting presence rather than a malicious one. More often than not, she appears to young people in an effort to welcome them and interact. She was not the luckiest of ladies in terms of her adult life. She married a man who watched an execution, then decided to build his home on the very land, on that very land, and she outlived three of her children and her husband. Oof. Not to mention that while her husband was away, she was held at gunpoint by a group of men so they could steal courtroom records. Oh my God. That was a turning point in her tragic, in our tragic story.
0: Yeah.
2: Violet Whaley. Violet's is a tale of sorrow. She grew up in a family that was well-endowed, yet she met a tragic end. A few years after the courtroom records were stolen, Violet and her sister got married in the house. Violet married George Bertolacci, and the marriage, despite her best efforts, was doomed from the start. George left her divorced and depressed. She was so full of grief that she decided that she simply couldn't live on. In 1885, she shot herself. Now, people claim to see a woman looking very sad, wandering around the second floor. And Hedge says, actually, I believe I encountered her on my most recent visit, visit to, the- to the Whaley house. Um, he says, my friend from Kansas was visiting, and she, like myself, loved the occult and the paranormal. Since I hadn't visited the Whaley house in years, we decided to go. We were looking over the bedrooms and trying to guess which family members slept there without looking at the pamphlet. Suddenly, I got hit with a massive wave of sadness, and I just wanted to cry. It followed me around the second floor, but stopped once we went back downstairs. It was the strangest thing. Now we have Thomas Whaley Sr. The last ghost with a very specific presence is none other than Thomas Whaley himself. He was a pioneer in his time. Mr. Whaley followed the gold rush like many men of the time. He sought to make a name for himself. He just didn't know he'd be more well-known in death than in life. Thomas married Anna in New York before the construction of the house. In fact, he saw Yankee Jim die. Despite what literally everyone told him, he bought the land anyways and built on it. Now, anyone who has seen a a haunted house movie knows that most haunted houses are a result of a dead person being disrespected. A dead person that either lived or died on the land. Do you see where the trouble is? A light wood staircase with a green liner runs up to a brightly lit area of the second floor, the staircase. Unlike most horror movie characters, Thomas Whaley saw the trouble brewing with his now dead namesake and the fire erupting. So he left for San San Francisco. Their family curse traveled with them. Years later, they moved back to the San Diego house with their five kids. An earthquake had run them out of town. When the Whaleys came back, it was like they never left. Their businesses began to boom again and he was in fact running the most convenient business in town. He lived in San Diego until his death in 1890. His specter accompanies his wife Anna in all black. Some visitors have even reported Mr. Whaley blowing smoke right into their faces. So those are the instances or the people that you will see um, at the Whaley house. Uh, I also have some... Other information about people who have actually gone and legendary ghost hunters who have gone to the house as well. Mm -hmm. So in 1965, legendary ghost hunter Hans Holzer visited San Diego to probe stories of eerie and unexplainable sights and sounds in Old Town's historic Whaley House. As a result, he dubbed the 1857 two-story brick home turned museum the most haunted house in America. Holzer, who died 10 years ago, was joined by psychic medium Sybil Leek in checking into reported sightings of the ghosts of former occupants, disembodied voices, footsteps, other strange strange sounds, and a dark presence that defied identification. A recent examination of Holzer's old letters, photos, and audio, and visual recordings prompted the formation of a new ghost-hunting team. Aided by the insights of Holzer's daughter, Alexandra, the team filmed return visits to 10 of the paranormal researchers' most baffling cases for a Travel Channel series called The Hoser Files. Numerous close encounters by Whaley House visitors currently appear on the Tripper Advisor website. First, we see a moving mist in the courtroom, said a woman examining a video shot by her son there this past June. I went frame by frame, and I kid you not, at least four faces. I couldn't sleep the last couple nights. In July, a visitor reported feeling nothing unusual until she arrived at an upstairs bedroom. The moment I took the corner to go into that room, I had an enormous feeling of despair and panic. It was so terrifying that I had to leave. Another reported, I caught a face of a woman wearing a veil or scarf over her head. Her vision was in the bedroom of Violet Whaley who unalived herself at age 22 over her failed marriage. Such observations were tempered by others, such as Arizona resident Gary R., who posted, We didn't really see anything unique about this museum. We didn't see anything unique about the museum. Veteran paranormal investigator Dave Schrader visited the house last March with psychic medium Cindy Kazza, recording equipment technician Shane Pittman, and a film crew. Uh, Schrader had listened to audio tapes of leak channeling voices of Whaley family members and of thief Yankee Jim Robinson, one of the three people I mentioned earlier, or one of the most common ghosts that they see at the house. It was a powerful, dark presence that Holzer sensed, but never unmasked, tied to a centuries-old vendetta that drove the reinvestigation project. Turns out they, the Whaley house did not disappoint, so you'd have to watch that episode um, called A Grave Revenge in order to get the whole whole like investigation. Uh, during an interview, Schrader painted himself as a healthy skeptic, more interested in history than in ghosts. The Whaley house had it all, though. A weird and twisted history, tragedy, happiness, oddities, a story to tell. Things began to happen right away, Schrader said. After envisioning a pool of blood and other sensations, Kaza, the team psychic, who knew nothing about the house in advance, invited the spirits to channel their thoughts through her automatic writing tool. She immediately received an ominous warning. Then Pittman's camera shut down. One of our network executives was sitting outside watching a bank of computer screens, and one of the light bulbs burst over her head, Schrader said. It was a very high-intensity... Moment, this was a very profound experience for all of us. Something that happened to Schrader, he said he had never experienced in his 13 years of active investigations. It made physical contact with me in a very dramatic way. I got literally knocked on my butt by someone in the Whaley house, said the six foot tall, 280 pound investigator. Oh my God. His fall pushed Pittman into the wall. At first, Schrader suspected a member of the film crew, but no one else was around. I'm a skeptical believer and can break things down logically. It really rattled me. Upon examining recordings on their electronic equipment, they detected numerous sounds, footsteps, disembodied voices, and high energy levels. We uncovered another name with a unique history tied to the Whaley's as well, he said. Cindy unleashed some knowledge and we were able to track it, spot it, and the Whaley house people revealed information that we had never known. There were handwritten letters by the Whaley's talking about the ghosts in the house. The Whaley house definitely earned the title. Hans Holster gave it in as America's most haunted house. Upon revisiting the house a couple of weeks ago, um, Schreider said he was hard for, it was hard for him to walk through the door again. The paranormal detection team made no attempt to rid the house of its suspected spirits, but should they receive a request from the save our heritage organization, which runs the museum, um, that they um if they will come back and help clear whatever is is there so uh basically i think that they're trying to clear it out because it's not looking like it's very positive Yoish. yeah i've had experiences of my own that made a believer out of me said uh save our heritage organization um dean, historian dean glass Before opening the museum one morning, he recalls seeing the colorless apparition of a person he believed to be Patriarch Thomas Whaley standing at the top railing looking down at him quizzically. I've seen four or five other shadow people, distinct fleeting figures. The spirits ramp up curiosity and attract tourists, help raising money to maintain and improve the property, Glass explained. They are also part of the Whaley House history and should remain so as long as they aren't evil, he said. I have never gotten the feeling of being in danger or unwelcomed. Such phenomena clearly can be imagined or engineered, but whether you believe in spirits or not, the Whaley house doesn't seem to be one of the imagined or engineered homes. So um, that's pretty much the Whaley house and Jeez, all the different ghosts in that fucking house. Damn, which is girl. a lot of ghosts.
1: I don't want to go there.
2: I I kind of do because it doesn't seem like anyone's really that mean, other than the 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 Jim Robinson guy.
1: He got shoved. He's a big guy.
2: That's true. That's that is true.
1: I don't want to get shoved.
2: (laughs) But maybe like Jim just thought he looked like someone he who killed him. Perhaps.
1: Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Well, on that note, let's take a quick break. Yeah, let's take a quick break. Catch my breath. Yeah.
0: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Mini Health understands that for women over forty, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. We're back. Oh, we're, we're back.
2: back. Um, your audio is very low.
1: Oh, is it just because my mic was very far away from my face? Yes, it was. Okay, got it. <laughs> okay, we're back. So, I think we can all agree. That transit systems are an essential to everyday life. Mm-hmm. But what if one of the United States' major transit systems was created to cover a different function altogether? Is this
2: Ghostbusters?
1: This is what we will delve into tonight when I tell you all about the Denver Airport conspiracy theory. Again? I was
2: gonna do an airport. Were you? Shut I was up! Gonna do the Honolulu Airport. But no it wasn't.
1: Way. Yes. Well. Get ready. Buckle up for Denver. because I'm ready for Denver. <laughs> this one's a doozy. So Denver International Airport has captivated travelers far and wide with its – oh, I should also note that my sources were um, Uncover Colorado. There is travelandleisure.com. There was Wikipedia. Uh, there was an article on denverpost.com called Airport Conspiracy Theories, The Definitive Guide. And then there was an episode of a show called Proof. Um, So that's where I got all my information. So, Denver International Airport has captivated travelers far and wide with its stunning architecture and colorful artwork. But 24 years after its construction, conspiracy theories about its true purpose and the symbols and imagery that adorn its walls just won't go away. The airport is almost like a museum, with gargoyles at the baggage claim and strange apocalyptic murals on its walls. But this conspiracy actually begins not with the Denver airport, but with its predecessor, Stapleton Airport. The city of Denver was baffled by the decision to replace Stapleton. It was a major hub, and by all accounts, it was in perfect working order. It remained open even during the construction of the new airport. In fact, engineers continued to work on a redevelopment plan for Stapleton Airport, even after the ground was broken on the Denver International Airport site, which is also only two miles from the Stapleton Airport. So there is rampant speculation of what has been going on ever since the city and the county of Denver had to appropriate 35,000 acres of land just to put this airport out in the middle of nowhere. The reason for getting rid of Stapleton Airport was that it was old and antiquated, but everyone that traveled through Stapleton completely disagree with this statement. Somebody wanted that airport out there, and the powers that be finally got that airport built. Much of the construction is questionable. So Denver International Airport opened in February of 1995, and that's when questions start to circulate, not only about how the cost was incredibly high, but about how it was funded and where all of this money really went. The final price tag, again, I'd like to remind you that this was in 1995, was $4.8 billion. Yeah, the look on your face says it all. And no one seemed to know exactly where the funding came from.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Did anyone have that much money back then?
1: Well, we're going to find out. Uh, Now, if that doesn't sound sus to you, just buckle up because there's dozens of more odd things about this airport that we're going to get into. A former construction worker that had worked on the airport ended up coming out and saying that the project ended up coming out to about a billion dollars over budget and 18 months behind schedule. And they said that this was because there were five multi story buildings that were built directly underneath the airport, underground. <laughs> five buildings with multiple stories in them. So, like the foundation
2: was five
1: buildings. Buildings. Underneath. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. um, Like underground parking? No, no. Oh. No, no. They had their own parking lots in these buildings. Underground. Like, I'm literally picturing like a corporate building in the city of Toronto. Five of them Mm -hmm. underground underneath the airport.
2: Okay. This is. Okay. Ridiculous. Cool.
1: Okay. This was a claim that couldn't be confirmed because uh, the airport security wouldn't let people underneath the facility to see if the buildings were actually there. And there were stranger occurrences that officials refused to answer for. There's a demonic looking 32 foot blue horse statue that stands guard over the airport. It is known to the locals as blue cipher. So oh, okay. It has glowing red eyes and it's honestly so 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 scary looking. <laughs> um there are like uh I have no idea why this thing would be at an airport. There's like protruding veins all over it, like dark purple veins all over this giant statue of a horse. And adding to its sinister legend is the fact that it killed its own creator. Artist Luis Jimenez was constructing the 9,000-pound steel statue when a piece fell onto his leg and severed his femoral artery. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. He bled to death before the statue was even completed. There's this really weird thing at the airport. This one is one of the things that creeps me out the most, to be honest with you. It's called the Dedication Stone, and it was supposedly laid over a sealed time capsule at the airport's pre-opening festivities, but it raises other questions to the naked eye. So it's slabs of granite over top of this time capsule, and, like, they're supposed to be decorative But it's clear to anyone that looks at them that the symbol of the Freemasons has been chiseled into the stone, like dead center,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: focal point. So for anyone who doesn't know, Freemasons are regularly associated with another secret society, the Illuminati. And the Illuminati is a group that is rumored to be facilitating a new world order. And it's weird because... The inscription on this slab of granite that is supposedly covering a time capsule says. OK, sorry. So I just want to point out right in the middle of this slab of granite. It's the symbol of the Freemasons. And then right underneath that symbol, it's the date March 19th, 1994. And then right underneath that, it says New World Airport Commission. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh-huh. that's, that's one of the things that I find pretty, pretty creepy. So then we've got the murals. The murals in this place are absolutely insane. One of the murals has a, what looks to be a Nazi SS officer with a gas mask on, with a machine gun in one hand and a machete in the other, and he's swinging the machete and there's like a gray cloud kind of following the machete. And then along this gray cloud, there's all of these people like children and and other like lots of them are children. And then like a bunch of just other people who are like sick and dying and diseased. And it looks like they're all in this like almost like a mass grave type thing. Um, and then at the end of the sword, it looks like it's piercing a dove. And we all know that doves are like the sign of peace. Uh, So it looks like you can interpret it as this person or this being, because it has a gas mask on and it's very large compared to everything else in the thing, so you don't really know what it's trying to depict, Um, is going ahead and swinging the sword of death against the entire world. Then we get into the gargoyles. So the gargoyles are in the baggage area. When you walk into the baggage area, the gargoyles are positioned behind you, so you don't even see them. So... You walk into baggage claim, you get your bags, and your exit is in front of you. The only way you see these gargoyles are if you're turning around and looking for them. Um, There were these two boys on the show that I was watching trying to find the gargoyles, and they were like, we've come through this airport like twice now. We can't find the gargoyles. They had to ask a bunch of different people where the gargoyles were, and finally someone was like, they're in the baggage claim, and they were like, we've been through there like three times. There's no... Then they finally figure it out and they're like, why the fuck would they be here? Like you can't it's it is my personal opinion. It's not for aesthetic reasons. Obviously. They're watching you. Not like yeah. they're not there for you to see them. They're yeah, there yeah, to yeah, watch yeah. you. Yeah. But <clears throat> so the gargoyles um are coming out of a suitcase and like a stone suitcase and screaming. There are little plaques by the gargoyles that read that the gargoyles are located in the East and West baggage claim areas, and they are roughly the size of a fifth grade boy and are seated inside of suitcases. Historically, gargoyles were placed on buildings to protect the site. These are placed slightly above the travelers' heads to oversee and ensure that baggage will arrive safely at Denver International Airport. That's what the plaques say. Okay, sure. I'm not buying it. So now we're going to go back to the buildings that are buried underground. Okay. In addition to these buildings that are buried underneath the airport, there is also supposedly a series of tunnel systems that the airport says were used for baggage purposes, but they've never been used ever. There was a man named Philip Schneider and he was a former U.S. government geologist and engineer who turned into a whistleblower, who died under mysterious circumstances in 1996, and was involved in producing the underground explosions which were required to facilitate the building of various underground military bases, as well as submarine bases for the United States government. He often talked about Black budget programs and how these programs are all about alien technology that are well hidden from the American people. The black budget garners approximately one point two three trillion dollars every two years.
2: Holy fuck!
1: Yeah, trillions. Where? Where? This from where? Was, and this was prior in the United States. And yeah, but this, where did
2: they get the, where, who's, Where's the money coming from?
1: let's get into it <laughs> okay and this was prior to 1996 because he died in 1996 so yeah, 1.23 so trillion dollars every two years pre-96 i watched
2: a show about people trying to locate not people like ast- people i don't even know what, the, know, know what the word is but like astronomers and like mm-hmm. people I- at nasa trying to make sure that comets don't hit the earth like that organization only has like 32 million in funding. Right. And mm-hmm. this fucking shit has trillions. Mhm. Mm-hmm. That doesn't
1: make any sense to me. So, <laughs> uh, he also stated back then that there were 131 active deep underground military bases in the United States and that there were 1,477 of them worldwide. He says that in Colorado, there are about four bases deep underground and that one of them is underneath the Denver airport. They average about four and a quarter cubic miles underground and an average depth of 700 feet underground. The average cost of one of these buildings is $17 billion for each one. And they employ anywhere between 1,800 to 10,000 people. And that there were some very large ones being built in Sweden at the time that he was talking about this. And those ones were said to be about 30 cubic miles. Those ones cost about $2 trillion. And this was all being funded by the United Nations. So that's where the money was coming from. Fuck. Yeah, so... It's just like deep government shit.
0: So this is why <clears throat> this is
2: the whole, like everyone believes New World Order that the UN is funding it. And that's why they think that COVID was all a whole conspiracy by the UN to come together to create the NWO. I mean, Since they're funding all these organizations. I mean, I, vi- I don't like, agree. No, 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 I know. I know you don't agree. <laughs> I just, I, I can see where they made the connection. The They're connection. like, United Nations is funding this? Oh, they must be doing the whole New World Order thing now. Right,
1: right. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if I believe in the New World Order or not. Like, I'm not sure. I don't But I think I,
2: people have it twisted. I think they don't know what the New World Order is. I think I agree with you on
1: that. I think Once that- the Kardashians started shopping for a bunker and bought one that was, like, l- like smaller than the size of my home, I was like, <sighs> oh, we're fucked.
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't watch that. but
1: I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I,
2: I, I think that people um, who actively follow that stuff or believe mm-hmm. in that stuff, I think that they're being also brainwashed to believe that – to believe in –
3: To
2: believe that the New World Order is done by certain individuals when it's actually done by like not ones who are
1: But like, you like are not in like public figures. Like
3: you wouldn't Yeah, even Like fucking they're know. not
2: people that you know mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. there was an existence of one. Completely agree with you on that. Yeah. So it's not Justin
1: Trudeau, guys. <laughs> it's just not like Okay, so another weird thing about the Denver International Airport is that this is kind of gross. From a bird's eye view, the runways are in the form of a swastika. Oh. Like, it's true. You can see it. You can see that they are. That's
2: really fucked.
1: Mm -hmm. In 2007, this is very strange. 14 commercial aircrafts reported simultaneously that their windshields had shattered as they flew over the Denver International Airport.
2: That's some electromagnetic type shit or something.
1: Conspiracy theorists are certain that this was from an interference created by electromagnetic pulses generating from the airport itself. I'm smart sometimes. I I know. (laughs) So something else that deeply fueled the conspiracy theories more recently was when Obama visited the Denver airport. In 2011, he went to visit the airport while a comet was passing super, super, super close by to Earth. This also happened four days after a major Homeland Security terrorism exercise was supposed to take place in Denver. Rumors were obviously going around that the timing of his visit was not a coincidence. So, to do damage control on this, they end up letting reporters go underneath the airport, but literally barely. They literally take them down, open the door, take them back up. They're not allowed to step foot. So, like, no wandering. But why? They got some fucking Department of Defense
2: shit back they down there totally for sure. They totally do. Yeah.
1: So now the airport is trying a new tactic, which is leaning into the conspiracy theories and making light of them. There are signs around the airport where you know, like when things are being constructed or whatever, that are like, "What are what are we up to? Like, what are we building here, whatever?" So it says, "What are we doing?" And then it says, like, "One, adding amazing new restaurants and bars. Two, building an Illuminati headquarters. Oh my and God. three, remodeling the Lizard People's Layer. Like, That's just really like a funny. Li- <laughs>
2: that is so funny.
1: Just like a list of things that are going on in the airport."
2: <laughs> they got a cool marketer to do that
1: right (laughs) now this part this is this leads into like i'm definitely some type of military defense but like we're talking like okay we're gonna we're gonna okay now north american aerospace defense command is located inside of cheyenne mountain cheyenne mountain is located in colorado springs But Cheyenne Mountain in itself is a very interesting anomaly. It's a mountain made out of solid granite. And the argument was that carving it inside of solid granite and putting this massive constructed building on these gigantic springs, that it could in theory survive the first strike and multiple strikes of nuclear weapons and we know that there we know for a fact that there is an extensive tunnel network inside of Cheyenne Mountain Missile Complex. We also know of other facilities. There's one in Tulsa, New Mexico, the Los Arcos mines and the Los Alamos Laboratories in Los Alamos, New Mexico. Whether you believe the engineer and geologist Phil Schneider, I'll leave with you, uh, but there is This technology that's called a high speed boring machine and they operate underneath the earth and they carve out these massive tunnels with amazing precision. So is the tunnel network underneath the Denver International Airport even really a secret? And where do those tunnels go? Do they go directly from the airport to Cheyenne Mountain Missile Complex without ever seeing the light of day? Probably that's where I would guess that they would go we've never been given any straightforward answers from the powers that be behind the Denver International Airport's construction. There was a recent campaign by the Colorado media, in particular in Denver, television, radio, and print, that was sponsored and promoted by the Denver International Airport, which was basically going back to, like, well, who owns this airport and how much of the taxpayer money went to funding this, this shit? And the Denver International Airport now, instead of coming out publicly, publicly and saying what is fact and what is fiction regarding the airport, they've come out with like a huge disinformation campaign, basically just treating this like it's a big joke, which is only inviting more theories, which many believe is providing a propaganda machine that promotes their agenda and ridicules anyone else. Is it a conspiracy, or is it just that someone doesn't want us to know the truth about what's going on underneath the airport? Reports of this airport have been covered by mainstream media, not just conspiracy theory media. The Denver International Airport was almost $2 billion over budget. Where did that money go? When they first started the excavation and the construction of the airport, there were buildings actually constructed. And then in the media, when they started questioning, like, what happened with these buildings, the media was told that the buildings were placed in the wrong places. So they were covered up. That was their excuse for these five buildings. Um, But we know. No one noticed. Right. However. We know from the iron workers and the construction workers and the electricians how many thousands of miles were wired. With fiber optic cables alone, the contracts were in tens of millions of dollars. So what's underneath the airport and all of the layers that the public isn't allowed to see?
2: I mean, the the part that kind of just like maybe makes me feel like, I don't know, is the fact that they're saying that, Potentially has like up to eighteen thousand employees under there, and nobody like. ten i I'm 000. sorry. Ten. Sorry. Ten well, thousand. Okay. Eighteen <laughs> eight, to ten thousand employees down there. I mean, they're all not like they have to replace them too. They're not all staying there. They're leaving, and like so nobody
1: nobody can confirm this. But that's just it. It's the perfect cover. There's travelers going in and out of airports, up and down elevators and shit all the time. Like, yeah, who's, but who's saying like we don't? No
2: one knows an employee of this place that can like well, confirm or deny so it. So
1: hilarious that you mentioned that because I actually knew a woman in real mm-hmm. life. I know a woman in real life yeah. who knows. A person so it's like a friend of a friend yeah. who works for the united states government and yep. she's literally not allowed to tell her friends family anyone yeah. she knows what her where job is works. where she works nothing cool so like i'm sure sure I- i'm sure yes that there's- i'm just
2: wondering like if there's any way like do these people get to retire one day
1: like do yeah. they get to say anything after they retire or probably they get killed <laughs> i mean probably not yeah yeah fair (laughs) yes um but yeah that's it i'm i'm willing to bet it's a military i think it's just probably a
2: military base or like something for the 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 department of defense um yeah that sounds like the amount of money that they would spend on that i know the u.s has tons of money into their Mm -hmm. department of defense Mm -hmm. and two billion doesn't seem that outlandish in terms of, like, going over budget for an mm-hmm. airport, if
1: you're building that underground as well. Yeah, so of course. That seems about right. But then why is the United Nations a part of it? Because I mean, now these bunkers are being built. That's
2: just a theory that the United Nations are, well, the United Nations may, it may be a NATO project.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking.
2: Maybe a NATO project. So they need, you know, the United Nations is related to, like, has that
1: related now, to it. I'm so. definitely on board with it being like Ministry of Defense, but I'm wondering if it's not from each other, if it's from like space war. <laughs> like that's what I'm thinking. If the I United mean, Nations and like, sw- f- f- like all of these other countries are the building above. them under a I'm thinking that might be what it was, might be what it is.
2: I mean, I'm more on the skeptic side of that. I don't sure. necessarily, I mean, I'm sure that there are, there are departments for extraterrestrial defense there and I things know there like is. that. So like, I know yeah. if, if they exist, we, that's not a, that's not like a question. It does exist. So mm-hmm.
1: yep, totally could be one of the departments down there. Just, well, that's why the, that's can be the, like, that's the only reason why I'm thinking it would be underground just because it has to be something that the government cannot let. The citizens know about because it would cause mass panic, hysteria, and mass yeah. hysteria. Yeah. Like, this is what this is why it leads me to believe that it probably started as something for like an alien invasion type situation. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I think that there's just all there's always there's a threat to
2: our world. Um, to the earth and i'm sure it started as that and like there's always been questions of alien life so i'm right. whether or not it was like a legitimate threat or not mm-hmm. i'm sure there was reasons for them to start to right. actually actively investigating whether there's real threats
1: or not around right. right so and it would make sense that when things start getting hairy mm-hmm. the government or the president magically shows up at the totally airport totally right like sense
2: (laughs) well the fact that he was around when a comet was flying very close to the earth is Mm -hmm. pretty indicative of that and almost relates back to what i said about the show that i was watching um about there's like a uh I forget what the department is called, but it literally they track comet movements and sometimes they recently, I think during the Obama administration, one came very
1: close to to the earth.
2: Yeah. Um and it like narrowly like narrowly missed us. Yeah. By luck.
1: Yeah. So might have been that one.
2: It could have been that one. Yeah. Anyway, that's the story, girl. Crazy. <laughs> I, know. I liked it. a right. good one.
1: Let's go right. do our fuck Mary Kills. Time
2: for some Gemini Fuck Mary Kills. Mm-hmm. I guess I will go 1st
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so on trend right now. Let's go with Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Baba. Sorry. It's okay.
1: Johnny Depp. Tom Holland. And Don't like any of these. (laughs) Neil Patrick Harris. Okay. I'm going to. (sighs) Damn it. I'm going to kill Tom Holland. Mm hmm. I'm going to marry Neil Patrick Harris and have sex with Johnny Depp. No. 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 I'm going to kill Johnny Depp. Everyone yeah, can hate me if they want. I'm going to kill Johnny Depp. Um I'm going to marry Neil Patrick Harris and have sex with Tom Holland.
2: Yeah, I'm cool That's with that. That's my final answer. Okay. I'm cool with that too. Cool. I agree.
1: Okay. I'm giving you Blake Shelton. Mhm. James Charles. Oh god. And Bill Hader.
2: Okay, well, I'm gonna marry Bill Hader.
1: Yes, he's so lovely.
2: <laughs> uh, he is really lovely. Um, like Shelton, I'll sleep with.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes.
2: And kill James Charles because this is the correct that answer. is a—he's just problematic all the time, Always. and I just can't handle. I can't. He is like. The penultimate Gemini.
1: Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Sorry, but he really
2: is. Like, he. If anyone was to say, what are like the worst characteristics of a Gemini? Yeah. In look one no further. Person that would be it. <laughs> <laughs> look no further than James Charles.
1: All right. So well, that's it. That's it. So you guys should probably go rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast yeah. now if you haven't already. For um sure. Please leave reviews. We haven't had a review in a little while. Yeah, it's been like and, months. Yeah, and we like them. Uh, we like the nice them. ones. <laughs> yeah, please leave us reviews. Uh, and if you got nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. Yeah, and check out our merch store. It's on Etsy
2: right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's on Etsy. Stay spooky boutique. <laughs> and that <laughs> just leads me to tell you to stay spooky. And. That show is baby. <laughs> bye. Bye bye.
3: This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.